This morning I am continuing a series of messages that I've been preaching about what it means to be a real man, a real woman of God, talking about family and the importance of thinking biblically and not like our crazy culture uh, that we live in, very secular, godless culture that sadly has been more affecting us than we have been affecting the culture. The church is in a dormant state today and it is time for the church to awaken and to arise and to become who God has called us to be. Um, this last uh, few days after after Wednesday night, I could barely preach Wednesday night. I was having a real hard time with my voice and it got so bad. Uh, the next morning I had to cancel a speaking engagement in Albuquerque. Uh, Friday night I, I couldn't uh, do it. It's the first time I've ever had to cancel a speaking engagement ever in my life. So it was pretty rough and I was praying that I'd have a voice for this morning and God's been good. So I can speak to you this morning. Pray for me if I sound like I'm getting weak. So I apologize in advance for the drinking of the water. Okay. So anyway. Looking at Job, the first chapter, verse 8. As you read the first chapter of Job, you see that Satan gets in God's face and taunts him and bugs him and kind of irritates him. and Just like he does to you. But uh, one day the Lord said to Satan, hey... Have you considered my my servant Job? Have you checked this guy out? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright. A man who fears God and shuns evil. And as wonderful as a statement as that is about Job, I couldn't help but feel heartbroken as I read God say, there's no one on earth like him. No, this is the only guy I've got. It's the only guy I've got who's truly a man of honor and integrity. And brothers and sisters, if we don't do something, it's going to end up like that again. The church is in a state of crisis today. We don't have men who are real men. What we have is a bunch of girly men. That's right. A bunch of Ken dolls. You ever see what a Ken doll has when you take his clothes off? (laughs) Nothing. He's anatomically incorrect. Sadly, today in the church, instead of having men, we have a bunch of walking Ken dolls. Men who don't know what it is to be a real man. This morning, I'm going to be challenging you. Now, I'm not... Intentionally trying to be mean. Actually, I I had to back off a little bit. I was going to have the ushers have a big pail of rocks. And I was going to have each guy take, give them two rocks as they walked in this morning. Because that would be the first pair some of these guys have ever had. But, um, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. I still said it anyway, but I'm going to be nice. It is time for us in the church. To have real men. Because it is critical. If we want to experience God moving in our churches like we want him to move. It ain't going to happen with just the ladies doing it. And for decades and decades, women have carried the church. God bless them for it. God bless them for doing it. But it ain't cutting it. God never intended women to carry the church. Now... 
What I'm going to be talking to you about this morning might make some people a little irritated, but just so you understand, I am not a, uh, uh, you know, one of these guys who doesn't believe women should have a voice. Or the, you know, one of the first things I did when I came to the church is I immediately put uh, women on the advisory committee. It was no longer a, an all-boys club. I don't believe in that. I believe women have a great voice to give to the church. I'm a big believer in the value and the strength that women bring into the kingdom of God. I preach to you about how I believe in strong, confident, respectful women. Call them butt-kicking women. Definitely appreciate all of that. But and, and I believe equal work, equal pay, all that stuff. All the stuff that people have talked about in our culture today. But when it comes to the power of God being released in the church today, I don't believe it's possible if men will not take the role of spiritual leaders. It has nothing to do with putting women in subjection or being nasty or mean or disrespectful to them in any way, shape, or form. But it's time for men to be men. Men are confused today. They don't know who they are after the last 30, 40 years of feminism in America. Men don't know who they are. Confused about who they are. And again, while I have no problem with equality in virtually every area of our public discourse in life, when it comes to the spiritual role in the church, I make no apologies. The Bible is very clear. Men need to be spiritual leaders in their homes and in the churches. And I'm going to share some things with you that will surprise you about the effectiveness that a man has in his home if he's being the man God's called him to be. I'm talking about being men of honor and integrity. Now the Bible, uh, the Bible, the dictionary, not the Bible, defines honor as an adherence to high standards of justice and responsibility. We live in a culture today that is constantly dumbing down the standards. Trying to make the standards lower and lower and lower and men are no longer rising to the role of true manhood. Integrity is defined as an unimpaired or unmarred condition. Man, what would that be like to have men who are unmarred, unimpaired, who live by an uncompromising adherence to a code of moral values, men of utter sincerity, honesty, and candor, men who avoid deception, expediency, or artificiality, the kendals of life, who show shallowness instead of true depth. The Bible speaks of men of honor and integrity, in short, what it means to be a real man. And this morning I want to just give you a list of things that I believe makes a man a real man. First of all, a real man is a man of his word. A man who says what he's going to do and then does what he says. It used to be in this country that men were men of their word. Didn't have needs for contracts. You know the sign contracts a hundred years ago in this country? If a man said he was going to do something, shook his hand, it was a done deal. Men of their word. I encourage the early service. Some of you guys ought to need to just rent a bunch of westerns and watch a bunch of old westerns. See how these guys acted and behaved. Totally different than men of today. I challenged the church some months ago about, as givers in the church, we should be men and women of our word. Rather than playing the games of manipulating people's emotions and all the, all the other games that we do in fundraising just to challenge the church and have people say what they're going to do and then do what they say. It's a given in Christianity that if you take pledges that you're fortunate if you can get 50% of the pledges to come in. That's an abomination. It's a cry. What we're saying is half of our churches lie. 
Half of our churches don't do what they say they're going to do. Talked about our church in Stevens Point. I preached on this considerably. Last year's campaign, 120% of the money pledged came in. Virtually unheard of. Already this year, at the rate we're going, this church is going to do the same thing. We're going to be men and women of our word. But men who make commitments, honor their commitments, make their commitments to their children, honor their commitments to their children. A man who can make a promise to a woman, say, I will always be there for you for the rest of my life. Men who can keep that commitment. They're becoming increasingly rare in America today as men are more interested in finding themselves instead of being real men. A real man is a man of his word. He says what he's going to do and then he does it, even to his own hurt. The Bible talks about men who swear to their own hurt. What does that mean? It's guys who, they'll make a commitment and even later when they find out it hurts them, they stick to what they said. Man, is that rare today. One of the things that irritates the dickens out of me are people who, men, I call them renegotiators. They'll make a commitment, you know, and then they get into it halfway and then they come and want to re-talk and go, see, we can't, well, I know I said it, but can we do this instead? Can we do, why? Because it's hurting them now. They'll even say, well, I, 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 I didn't look at it right and I'm kind of hurting right now. Be a man. Say what you're going to do, do what you say. Man of character, a man who keeps his promises, a man who keeps his commitments. Secondly, a real man protects his family. And when I say protects your family, I'm talking about more than just keeping a bat next to your bed in case some guy comes in in the middle of the night. Some of you all, it's a loaded shotgun, but that's a different sermon. <laughs> but you're just not going to tolerate somebody coming in your home, and, and you shouldn't. Unless it's me visiting, I'm just visiting. <laughs> but it's more than that. A real man protects the spirit of his wife and of his children. Keeps them strong, makes them feel secure. Gives them a sense of confidence. But rather than having men who protect their wives and children today, we have men who are in fact the greatest terrorists in their homes. Who spew and puke their fears and insecurities all over their children. All over their wife. Well, I, just, I don't know what's going to happen there down at the plant. Things are going bad. I think we're all going to lose our jobs. I don't know what's going to happen. or just going to be awful. I don't know how we're going to make it. We don't have enough money for our retirement. I don't know how we're going to pay these bills. I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. Terrorizing their own children. Putting fear into them. You need to knock it off. Be a man for heaven's sakes. You make those children feel safe and secure. You give that woman a sense of comfort. Well, what if I do lose my job? Well, be a man. Be a man of faith. Say, you know what? Well, I might lose my job, but it's going to be okay because we're going to trust God. I believe God will always make a way for us. We may not be able to have everything we always have, but you know what? We're going to be okay. We're going to make it. We're going to be better off in the end than we were at the beginning. God has never let us down. He never will. Instill confidence in your family. Quit terrorizing your family by being a girly man and whining and spewing out all your paranoias on them. Now that our children are grown up, we tell them stories now about when they were growing up and they're just totally shocked. Because they never knew the struggles we went through. 
Man, we were poor. We were so poor, we had to look up to see poor. <laughs> struggling, man. They'd come, they'd shut off the electricity or they'd shut off the gas for a while because we just we were just struggling. Kids would get in the morning and say, why is it so cold in here? I don't know, the furnace just won't light like it should. <laughs> Trust God, in a couple of days we'd find some money, we'd pay that thing off and keep... They had no idea, no idea the struggles we had. We tell them now they're just shocked. Why? Because you protect your family. You make them feel safe. You fill them with faith. You pray with your family. You trust God together. You protect your family. And in that context, a real man does not put his family's assets foolishly at risk. Talk about gambling. In our culture, they have real cool man gambles. You know, James Bond. I'm Bond. James Bond. Casino Royale. Bunch of nitwits. Taking your family's assets and putting them on a number and spinning a ball. Somebody will slap you. It's not a man. A man doesn't put his family's assets at risk. He protects his family. Now, I'm not legalistic about it. You want to play some stupid game for a few bucks? I don't care. Good night. Their church staff has some kind of <laughs> pool on the basketball games that are going on. I just shake my head. Oh, dear Jesus. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Was it 10 bucks? You know. So, you know I don't, I'm, not, I'm not anal about it. You know, but I'm talking about taking serious assets and throwing them away for nothing. Part of the reason why men do that brings me to my next point. Is that a real man earns his way. And we don't have that in America today. Again, watch the old westerns. These guys refuse to take charity. You couldn't give a man money in the westerns. I don't need your money. I don't take charity. I'm just trying to help you out. I'm sorry. I don't take charity. I earn my own way. We don't celebrate that today. We celebrate guys who win lotteries. Cheer guys who play on deal or no deal. Number 12, pick box number 12. Stuff so just ticks me off. Boys like, oh, will you win? It's great. You can win. Guys playing the lottery every Oh man, I just I just know their whole hope, their whole dream, their whole desire in life is to hit it easy. Ken dolls. Not men who are real men, real men who earn their own way. Men who build their lives, build their finances, build their careers, invest, work hard, proud men. It's as rare as the dodo bird. A real man earns his way, doesn't flush his earnings away. Some stupid game. A real man controls himself. Boy, is that unheard of today. You know, in our schools, they teach our young people. You can't control yourself. You can't teach abstinence in school. Their kids are going to have sex. There's nothing they can do about it. Of course, there's something they can do about it. It's called no. Not a bunch of animals. Not a bunch of dogs and chickens and squirrels that have no control of our own drives. And this plague of pornography that is sweeping our nation, poisoning. And I know there's guys in here struggling with that, but I'm telling you, we just need to, we need to talk about this stuff. 
not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to challenge it and knock it off. Men. A bunch of Ken dolls sitting around looking at porn on screens. Sitting around gratifying themselves. Yeah, there's a picture of a real man. I know this will sound mean, but honestly, is there anything more pathetic than that? I think it is the most pathetic thing a man can do. Is to sit around and make love to himself. But our culture praises that, celebrates it, tells your kids to do it. You need to talk to your kids about this nonsense. You know what the average age of kids getting into pornography today is? Eleven. Eleven. Getting poisoned by the stuff and then you girls marry these guys and you're stunned. You can't figure out what's the matter with them. Because they have no idea how to be a lover to a woman. They're lovers to themselves. Ken dolls. Artificial men. A real man is a gentleman. He does not use his innate physical strength to hit his wife, to put fear into his wife. Boy, you better not let me hear some of you guys smacking your wives. Me and Kabir are going to come sit and have a talk with you. <laughs> the laying on of hands. Just Bible talks about laying on of hands. real man does not do that a real man treats women with respect doesn't look at them as objects I got news for you your wife is not your mama she's not your personal maid she's not your servant she is your wife You treat her with respect. The men in this church, you treat all women with respect. You be kind to them. You be polite to them. You help them. If you see some lady coming in, her arms are full of stuff and 37 kids around, you help her out. (laughs) Be polite to them. Bless them. Be kind to them. Compliment them. I'm not talking about flirting with them and hurting and hitting on them. I'm talking about just being nice. Now, if you don't know how to do that, you know, just be quiet. Some of you, you know, <laughs> cause more harm than good. You know, for a heavy woman, you don't sweat all that much. <laughs> you know. no, you may not want to go there, you know, but <laughs> be nice. Seriously, I'm telling you, you want this church to grow? You make the women in this congregation feel like gold every time they walk in this place. You know why? Because women talk. <laughs> They'll tell all their neighbors. <laughs> this place will fill up women dragging their husbands in here. Get in there! Teach out, treat a woman. A real man builds confidence into his children, makes them feel valued. Speaking of women, you know, a lot of women, they really struggle with self-esteem issues. 
And I'm convinced in, in this, this culture of, of this, it's just a flood of women who just feel so badly about themselves all the time. I'm convinced it's because of the absence of fathers. Or fathers who said cruel, mean things to those girls. You girls out there, you just know something. You are beautiful and precious and wonderful. I don't care what some nitwit person ever said to you. You love on your daughters. You be kind to your daughters. You protect your daughters. You make them feel valued and precious. My daughter's 31 years of age. I still call her my princess. Told her her whole life she is gorgeous. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. Do you hear me? She works in the office in there. I was like, hey princess, how you doing? In the office they call her MGD. It's not for Miller. It's Mark Gunger's daughter. <laughs> MGD. Isn't that funny? Oh, I thought it was funny. Build the confidence of your sons. Appreciate them. And it can be hard because a lot of times, guys, you'll have sons who are just the complete opposite of you. Drive you up a wall. They'll have a passion for something that you just cannot stand. Be a man. Get over it. Boy, just got a different heart than you. You encourage that kid. And finally, and the most important one that I want to stress this morning, a real man passes his faith on to his children. Knows how to pray with his family. Knows how to be a godly example in his home. Knows how to be the spiritual leader in his home. But we're not passing our faith on to our children. In fact, the single greatest threat, and I've talked about all kinds of threats during this series about... People wait until they're 30 to get married and 40 before they have kids. And everybody just has one or two or half a kid or all the mess that we're creating and stuff. But the single greatest threat to the church today is the fact that fathers are not passing their faith on to their children. Researcher George Barna maintains that if the current trends in the belief systems and practices of the younger generation continue, in 10 years, listen to me, 10 years from now, Church attendance will be half the size it is today. Dawson McAllister, National Youth Ministry Specialist, remarked that 90% of youth active in high school church programs drop out of the church by the time they're sophomores in college. Data from the Southern Baptist Convention indicates that we're currently losing 70-88% of our youth after their freshman year in college. It goes on and on. Council on Family Life reported that 88% of the children in evangelical homes, churches like ours, leave the church at 18. 88%. We keep it up. Churches across America can be half of what they are today in 10 years. Why are we failing to pass our children on to our, our, our faith on to our children? Because of absent fathers. Men who don't know how to be spiritual leaders in their homes. Leaving it up to their wives. Or leaving it up to the church. I got news for you. It's not my job to win your kid to Jesus. It's not our 180 program's job to win your kid to Jesus. It's not some evangelist's job to win your kid to Jesus. You know whose job it is to win your kid to Jesus? You fathers. You're supposed to be discipling your own children. Hard to do when you're never around. 
There's a scripture in Deuteronomy that says fathers are supposed to sit in their house and talk to their children about God when they sit in their house, when they walk by the way, when they lie down, when they rise up. A father is to pass on the knowledge of God to the next generation. He's commanded to expose his children day to day to the greatness of God, his perfections, the great stories that explain his nature and character. This is the kind of instruction that gives children a true understanding of the gospel when a father instructs his child. I want you to check this out. A study in 1966. If a woman brings her children to church by herself, according to the study, the chances of that child remaining a Christian, a churchgoer, is 2%. If a father brings a child to church by himself, his wife will have nothing to do with it. 44% go on to become regular churchgoers. So why is there such a difference? Because I'm telling you, there's something innately powerful about a man being a spiritual leader in a home. Despite all the talk of equality and everything else, there is something special that God has put in a heart of a man. That if he will be who God called him to be, can have much more effect than a woman can on her own. Check this out. According to a study on evangelism, if a woman, the mother, if, is the first one in the household to become a Christian, there's a 17% chance that everyone in the home will become Christian. If the mother does. The same study says that if a father, the man, is the first one in the home to become a Christian, 93% chance the entire family will walk in faith. Why? That is the innate innate spiritual authority and effect that a man can have in his home if he'll be the spiritual leader. Now, I'm absolutely convinced... That you take a man who does that and a woman who does this. And they do it right. That the number has got to jump somewhere into the 90% chance. If you do. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Now it's not part of the study. The study never saw this. Because you don't know who these people study. You know. You don't know where the sample comes from. So you can't make too much out of some of these statistics. But it's hard to kind of ignore some of this stuff. I say that because... The study said this, and I'm going to talk to you ladies. That if you take a man without his wife, bringing his children, 44% chance he'll go on to faith. If the woman gets back in the picture, it drops to 33. It also says that when women are more involved in the life of the church, the men are more likely to be disconnected. And they don't know why. And they were all confused by the study. And it does, the study doesn't say why. But let me give you a shot at why I think that is. Because a lot of women, when they get involved, criticize their husbands. Emasculate their men in front of their children. Talk about how the father's not this and you're not that. You gotta quit being this. And get in the way of a man's spiritual effect on his children. You women need to treat your husbands with respect, as the Bible says. Say, well, he doesn't deserve it. It's not for him. Are you, listen, listen to me. 
It's not for him. See, all the women look at it, well, the Bible says men, women should be, you know, irrespectful of their husband and stuff. He's just a bunch of men made up those rules. It's not for the guy. It's for you. It's for your children. It's for the church. It's for the kingdom of God. That when a woman treats a man with respect, even when he doesn't deserve it, and I might add, especially when he does not deserve it, it releases the spiritual nature of a man to be who God created him to be, and he can have a much greater influence in his family. The idea that the women are involved in the, the statistics go down is, is, is a crime. And again, you don't know who these nitwits are that they survey, but I'll tell you this, I am convinced that if a woman will do this right, when a man and a woman get together and do this right, they have a huge impact in the life of children. Because I've seen it in the families that do this. Their kids all serve God. They all experience Jesus. I saw this thing on the internet. A quote by a woman. It says, men are like fine wine. They all start out like grapes, but it's our job to stomp them. And keep them in the dark till they mature into something you can have dinner with. It's funny. And there's a degree of truth. There's no question women improve men. It's an absolute documented fact. Married men are healthier, happier, live longer than single men. You know, statistically speaking, the most dangerous thing a man in America can do is remain single. It's the equivalent of smoking two and a half packs of cigarettes a day. I guess the worst would be a single guy who smokes two and a half packs of cigarettes a day. He'd be doomed, man. Women improve, man. There's no question. The good news, girls, is you can eventually get a man to where you want him. The bad news is when you get him there, we pretty much die. Because it takes a long time. I don't have problems with the idea of women improving men and helping them become better. Absolutely believe in that with all my heart. But this idea that men are just to be stomped on. To be disrespected. Idiots. Morons. What's the matter with you? Let me ask you, let me ask you a Dr. Phil question. You who, who sit around and criticize your husband, always reminding him what a loser he is. And how's that working for you? You getting the kind of man you want? So women don't understand that when they do this, this type of behavior, it creates the very kind of man they do not want. Christian women who, who, who miss this idea of, of, of a man being a true spiritual leader in a home criticize and tear their husbands down and nagging at him you think you're going to get there with that when you treat a man disrespectfully like that you limit his spiritual influence in the home and why you can debate something I'm telling you these statistics are stunning 2% to 44% 17% to 93%? The effectiveness, if men would start carrying the church today, instead of laying around and being lazy and letting women do it, 
Perhaps we're only having 17% effect on our country when we should be having 93% effect. But it's not going to happen until men start becoming real men. Take their responsibilities seriously. Instead of real men today, we have artificial, phony men, Ken dolls. Men who don't keep their word. Men who are chronic liars. Men who terrorize their families with their fears and insecurities. Men whose goal it is, their hope, their dream is to win quick, easy money. Men who instead of being lovers to real women, sit and fantasize and make love to themselves. Men who use their physical strength not to protect women but harm them. Men who instead of building up their children, tear them down and abandon their children. Men who seem incapable of passing on their faith to their children. I'm talking about Christian men. We need to pray. We need to pray for an uprising of real men in our churches. We need to pray that God will turn this around. We need to repent as men. It needs to hit us. We got to start doing this right. If we will do this right, we can change the world. I'm absolutely convinced of it. But if men continue to be these emasculated imitations of real men, who just wait around for the women to carry on the spiritual needs of the church, the church will continue to suffer, will cut in half, will cut in half. Well, cut in half will be like Europe today. Barely a Christian presence in Europe today. Because the church let itself go out of extinction. Because they let the negative culture affect them more than letting a godly culture affect the world around. Jesus said we're supposed to be a hill, a city set on a hill. Our light's supposed to be bright to everyone to see. We can do this if we'll be the men and the women that God has called us to be. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward. Get ready to service communion this morning and uh, our worship team to come back up. Look, I know a lot of people, a lot of guys struggle with a lot of these issues. A lot of these things that I talk about are very addictive. I talked to a guy once who was a heroin addict and an alcoholic. And who was a porn addict. His life was straightened out. He was serving God. I said, heroin? He said, yeah, I used to shoot up right in my veins. I was a hopeless alcoholic. and Hooked on all this porn and stuff. I said, let me ask you a question. Just out of curiosity. Which one was the hardest one to break? And in a nanosecond, he said, porn. More addictive than heroin. Or alcohol. For some of you guys who struggle with this, you need to get involved in the church. We have ministries and stuff to help you recover from some of this stuff. To break some of those bonds. Just me yelling at you and you're going to help. Hopefully me yelling at you will make you take a step towards getting help. So we can become healthy men. The kind of men God called us to be. The kind of men that the women in our churches really want us to be.
kind of men that our children children so desperately want men to be real men but you can't be a real man if you're not there if you can't keep your word we're in a crisis today it's time for us to heal it starts with repentance it's time for us to be like Jesus there was a real man in Jesus we have a man who didn't care about himself he cared about others someone you can trust he even though he had unlimited power at his disposal the Bible says that when they were beating him crucifying him he could have just so much as flicked a finger and 10,000 angels would have shown up to deliver him and he didn't do it all that strength all that power he held in check why? for you and for me for others so we can have life that's a man who doesn't just live for today who doesn't just live for himself real men who live for their children for their wives for their community of faith for the kingdom of God this is what we desperately need today I'd like us all to bow our heads in a word of prayer just before we receive communion this morning do you know this Jesus I'm talking about do you believe in the one who knows you even though you don't know yourself Do you believe in Jesus who the one who looks at you and in spite of all your sins and failures he still sees you at your very best what you're capable of? The one who's totally and utterly committed to you? Honestly, I think some of the reasons so many people have a hard time trusting God is they haven't had men to show them that there there is such a, a being as someone who can keep his word. Well, I don't know what kind of man has been in your life, but I want you to know something. There is a God in heaven who will keep his word to you. And if you will put your trust in him this morning, he will forgive you of all your sins. That's why Jesus went to the cross. His body broken, his blood shed, what we're going to share in communion right now. All this was done so that you could have eternal life if you'll but simply surrender your heart to him. I'm going to invite everybody here to pray this prayer with me this morning. If you'll believe this prayer from the bottom of your heart, you can take your first step to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I put my trust in you this morning. I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins. Thank you for loving me. Help me to truly know you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask our ushers to go ahead and pass out the communion this morning.